70% of the documents related to the JFK assassination are held by the CIA, multiple presidents, barring their release to the public, citing national security concerns. Which is interesting, because the man they say shot JFK is dead, and the man who shot the man that they say shot JFK is dead, so national security. I'm drinking a high five made by a local roaster here in Richmond, Virginia. Quad shot espresso, sugar, sea salt, half and half. I'm the caffeinated evangelist. This is a terrible idea. If you ask someone the subject or the theme of the book of Job, you'll probably get one of two answers. The first, well, why is it pronounced Job if it's spelled Job? The second, slightly more intelligent, is that the book of Job deals with suffering and loss and remaining faithful even though bad things happen. If you read the book of Job as a narrative, as it was written all the way through, don't pause at the chapter breaks and the verse breaks, but read it through as a story, you'll find that Job's suffering and his loss took up the first barest fraction of the beginning of the story. It takes about a chapter and a half until Job has lost everything, including his health. And the rest of the book, 42 chapters total, deals with the consequences of that. Rather than the suffering and the pain and the loss being the subject and the theme of the book, rather it provides the backdrop for the story and the, the real theme to come out. To truly understand the subject and theme of the book of Job, we need to understand a little bit of the structure of the book of Job. It is basically divided into three acts. In the first act, Job loses everything. In the second act, Job and his friends have a dialogue where his friends begin to accuse him of various things, and we'll look at that next week. And in the third act, God steps on the scene and begins to correct Job's thinking and his friends' response to everything that happened in the first act, and we'll look at that in two weeks. In the first act, we see Job as a very wealthy man. He would be the 1% of the 1% today. Thousands of animals and servants and ten children and had a reputation for walking uprightly and righteously before God, even going so far as to offer sacrifices for his children just on the off chance that maybe they have sinned against God and didn't know it. Satan goes in before God, and they have a conversation. God asks him, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Satan basically accuses God and says that the only reason that Job is faithful is because you've given him all this stuff. And if you take away all of the stuff, well, Job will curse you to your face. God gives permission to Satan to take Job's wealth, but spare his body. And so over the course of a few minutes, Job loses everything. All of his animals are gone, all of his servants are killed, save the few that came to tell him the story. And to top it all off, his ten children were feasting together in their eldest brother's house. And a wind shows up and collapses the house and kills all ten of Job's children. And in all of this, Job did not sin. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord is his response. Satan goes back to God and says, you know what, if you just touch his body, 
he'll curse you to your face. God gives him permission to touch Job's body, but not his life. And so Job is covered head to toe in boils, and he sits down with a piece of broken pottery to scrape at the boils, to try to burst them open, to, to get some sort of relief from the pain and the pressure that they caused. And he's sitting in the ashes, presumably, of what was everything that he owned, perhaps the house of his children. And still, even when his wife offers some form of mercy just in a curse God and die. Look, you've lost everything. Your family is gone. Your wealth is gone. Your health is gone. Just curse God and be done with it. Get some sort of relief from the pain that you're dealing with. Job says, no. The Lord gives. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. All of this in the first chapter and a half. So the suffering can't be the main theme, being that that's the end of Job's suffering. From there on out, it's all conversations with his friends and a dialogue back and forth with accusations and then God answering. But in that first bit is what most of people will pull out as the subject. See, bad things happen in life, and so I need to be upright like Job. Oh man, I've lost everything, my girlfriend left me, and I'm broke, and my car is breaking down. It's just like Job. I lost my job, and there's so much bad things going on, I must be like Job. God is allowing Satan to tempt me and to take my stuff in order to test my faith and Therefore, I need to remain faithful and righteous just like Job. And while certainly there is an element of that, that is not the point of the book. Be very careful when studying scripture that you don't pull a single verse or a passage or half a verse or a chapter and a half out of context to twist it around to make yourself feel good in whatever it is that you're going through. There is no difference in saying that Job is a book on how to deal with suffering than to say Matthew is a book that sums up to judge not, because Matthew 7.1a said that. Put it all back in context and know the whole of the matter, not just the bits that make you feel good. Until next week, I'm Matthew Kelly, the caffeinated evangelist, and I told you this was a terrible idea.